Boom. Here we are. Here we are. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Agitator. My name is J. David Osborne. That's Kelby Losak. And we have a very special guest today, Infinity, from what the Infinite Conversations con- uh, uh, podcast. What's going on, man? What's good? Glad to join you guys. <laughs> I was telling Kelby over the text that I know that you and him are buddies, so... This is actually kind of nice for me because I I talk way too much on this show. So I'm actually going to, I'm not going to not talk, but I'm going to be more like the sniper in this episode. I'm going to be in the bushes. So we're just going to have three snipers in a shootout. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. A Mexican standoff of snipers. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be terrifying. American heroes, Chris, the blowjob, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking oh, of man. agitating, I think a perfect intro to uh, this episode and to Scott, to the people who don't uh, know you, our listeners who might not know who you are, you've been up to some crazy shit in the ATL lately, huh? Oh, you dig? <laughs> yes, sir. We stay busy, man. Me and Antonio's social boyfriend, I wish he could have joined. He's tattooing the shit out of some people right now. But uh, yeah, I mean, we we just constantly stay moving and working, you know? You've been hassling, hassling people. Oh god! Oh god! Getting under some skin, seeing some crazy shit. Like man, it's it's wild how the internet works. You know. I'm interested. Who have you hassled, and why? Why are they mad at you? You seem like a really nice guy. Why, Why would anybody be mad at you? I mean, people in general like get mad. You know, like it's always. I feel like it's always the people who aren't doing shit get mad at the people who are doing shit. You know what I mean? And like, realistically, at the end of the day, this free game for the world, if you care about something, you will invest in it. You know what I mean? You won't just talk about doing it. You won't just like half-ass it. You know, like a lot of things are calculated risks. You know, like a lot of the scenarios uh, I've been uh, into literally were stumbled upon, you know, opportunities. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a variety of things, you know, but at the end of the day, it's not going to slow my momentum. Just like agitating people in the lit community as y'all are both writers. You know what I mean? It's not going to slow down what you guys are doing. If anything, it's just going to be like, okay, move along. Yeah. If, if we were going to slow down, we probably would have quit by now with how many times I've been canceled. I, I would have just, just had to have given it up, but I'm like, no, I'll find somebody else. People like to read. Hey, is that, is that, is that the kiddo? What's, what's he yeah. up to? Yeah, that's the kid in the background. I'm feeding him Fago. Hey, <laughs> he just got a fresh set of clown paint on. <laughs> this kid won't take a nap. So I'm just gonna drop kick his ass. <laughs> I know that feeling, dude. Yeah, the, my kid's been um, doing like the, the 30 minute nap thing, and you're always hoping for like one or two hours. So when he they, he starts to stir after like 30 minutes, I'm like. Meh. Let's just let's just see if he goes back to bed. We'll just let him cry a little bit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> How did the uh, you you had a, a wild weekend uh, with Oscillator Press? Oh yeah, that was awesome. So my buddy Eric runs a gallery here in downtown Norman, and he had a bunch of printmakers from all over Oklahoma and North Texas. Uh, Go to do a well today. Right now, they're doing a big printing show where people can buy a t shirt for like ten dollars and they'll print whatever design they want on it. Well, not whatever, there's different designs that they have, 
but they did an art opening last night. And so me and Rios uh, read at it, but they had a bunch of performance artists. And one of the performance artists is my buddy, Danny. So I've known Danny since he was like, he's a little bit younger than me, but I knew him when we were in high school and he was just a little skater kid. But Danny has gone all over the world to uh, places like Estonia and, you know, all over Europe doing the craziest performance art with this group called Non Grata. Now, these guys dress like they're from Mad Max. They look like uh, nuclear fallout victims. Hell they yeah. they dress up like Jesus and brand each other with hot irons. Uh, when I saw them perform, they brought out a pig's head, uh, lit it on fire with a blowtorch, while a woman came out with like her braids tied to giant balloons. And uh, it they lit off like a smoke bomb, and they had this thing repeating that just said like, what would Jesus do over and over again? And then a guy named Jesus got held out by two of his buddies like this. And somebody came up behind him with a hot branding iron and like, like branded him on his back. So yesterday, Danny did a solo performance where he came out. And what you have to understand about Norman is that it's very uh, kind of like liberal people, right? Very kind of like Oklahoma is all about like I, I have a gun. Oh, yeah. It's but but people in Oklahoma get like really sensitive about guns. So Danny came out wearing like this Soviet overcoat with an assault rifle on his on his arm like this because he, he was in the military, and he came out and you're thinking to yourself like, well, I mean it's there's no way that it's loaded, but then he like racked he went chuck and like the little bullet comes out and he takes <laughs> out like the the live ammo and he starts to put the live ammo around him, and then he disassembles it. <laughs> He put a stick of incense in the barrel and lit it. And then he set out tea lights, started casting animal bones. And the whole time he's got this effects pedal hooked up to a microphone and he's in it going like. <laughs> and he's got this like wood instrument and he's going like. <laughs> so it's this. So it's like a noise show. show. It's like a noise show. And but like how uncomfortable the audience was that this fool brought out like an, a loaded assault rifle. <laughs> there were some people who were just standing in the audience, like, like their mouths were just like open. They were like, do I run? What do I do? I'm not supposed to be this kid, this kid with like fucking colored hair and stuff. You could just, he was just there like, Oh my God, what, what is he doing? So I found it to be the most amazing thing that I've, that I've seen in a long time, but Danny's a complete psychopath, so we'll he'll probably be a future guest on the show. But uh, oh, but yeah, that's what we've been up to in in Norman, Oklahoma. Damn, you over by OU? You're in Co- you're in Toby Keith town. Yeah, Toby Keith is about 15 minutes up the road. His I know where his mom's house is. I've delivered furniture to his mom's house before. That's uh, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, and I used to work on Campus Corner for game days, so. Uh, that's why when people started like talking about shutting everything down for COVID and shit, I was like, they're never going to do that here. The games are too important. Like you yep. can't shut down. You can't shut down game day. That's like that's almost the entire economy is is those, however many weeks it is, ten weeks, twelve weeks, something like that, yep. of games. So, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, where are you at, Scott? I uh, am in East Tennessee near Johnson City. And, East Tennessee. Uh, yeah, out in the out in the Appalachian Mountains, you know, doing so, mountain shit. That's dope. My dad used to be in the military, and uh, we we lived in Fort Campbell, Kentucky, yep. 
Yeah, that's right near Clarksville. Yeah. 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 But I like it out there. Yeah, my, my uncle used to be from West. We used to go out to West Virginia to fish and stuff. So it's all geographically <laughs> similar. You get, West you Virginia is a, lot a out wild there. place. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I could walk out to the end of my property and there's a stream that runs through. It's part of the Doe River and the trout, you can see them in the water. Like, oh, so, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's so big nice. fishing going on out here. Yeah, I love fishing, dude. I'm going to get really into it as I get older. My, uh, <laughs> My stepdad, he'll go out at like four in the morning. He is into it, dude. He bought his own like his own freezer for his catfish, and he'll just go out there with like four poles, and he yep. just he just relaxes out there. He he likes to fish at night. But um, anyway, I said I wasn't gonna talk too much on this. Oh, no, you're good. We're playing catch up, dude. <laughs> I'm, already, I'm already talking a bunch. Um, so so I am I am interested. So out there. Uh, give me just like a picture of your of your life. I am curious to just like what what got you to where you are right now today. Um. Okay. So, uh, Kelby knows a lot about me. Um, I've been an artist of different facets for as long as I can remember. Always hustling and doing shit. And I just uh, about a year, almost two years ago, I got really sick of the um, environment I was in in Texas both of them, whether it was the Dallas or back home areas, because me and Kelby are from the same area. And, you know, my mom uh, and my sister were moving out here and I was like, fuck it, I'll go out there and see what it's about. And literally haven't looked back. Like, you know, like it's weird. You get out of these like cognitive dissonance pockets that we, we tend to get into in life. And like, when you realize that no one can tell you shit, you can do anything you want to do. And so I was like, you know, there's no good journalism in the sense of interviewers, like actually having anything interesting to say to artists, you know, like no jumper, Adam 22, that dude can kick rocks, but he set the formula up for me of everything not to do. You know what I mean? And so I was like, I don't want to be like that guy. And I thought about it over a few months after I moved here and like kind of planned it out. And I was like, damn, I could really have like a good, base network to launch and like try it and like you know kelby had had me on uh, heathenish before and that's what really was like all right i can actually do this you know and i started reaching out and it just compounded ever since you know like i mean there was a point over the past nine months my average is four videos a week like four mm -hmm. episodes a week you know like yeah, that's wild I mean, dude that's a wild pace and like and you know i work a, a 50 hour a week mm -hmm. job as a quality engineer at a tire plant and you know like so i do all my stuff on weekends and i just like have stayed busy and like that to me has gotten me where i'm at you know like mm -hmm. i mean it was mm -hmm. really taking the initiative you know and it's opened some cool doors you know i've went and hung out with uh the schemas in atlanta when they did their meetup you know i've mm -hmm. i've connected with a lot of really interesting people like all over and, uh, the the limit there is no limit, you know, like, I mean, right. in 2022, I'm looking to travel more and like really do a lot of field journalism, kind of like, uh, are you familiar with all gas, no breaks or channel five? I love all gas, no breaks. So that like, shit, that's amazing to me. Like he's yeah. so funny and just like, did you see his video with like the Wigger twins? The Hawks like twins? The, <laughs> Two yeah. black bitches in a vans. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. That <laughs> shit was like, that's like the best movie I've seen all year. Dude, that we, shit was we, so great. Where they're playing the, chess and neither of them know how to play chess. It keeps cutting back to them. And <laughs> that shit was so funny. I was in the Airbnb with uh, 
antisocial boyfriend and he was giving me a bunch of tattoos um mm -hmm. and uh uh he got got a notification when that episode had dropped when the hoff twins documentary dropped and we sat there and watched it and at that point we were like we were already fans of what was going on but we're like this is the the cream of the crop you know like yeah. this is the direction like that somebody finally should have gone in and you know like with my aspirations i don't want to i'm not even gonna do anything comparable to his style or like methods or anything but like definitely trying to do field journalism in the underground art scene but also with just weird shit going on like you know what yeah, i mean yeah man no uh th that episode has this great character who's this old lady who lives <laughs> in the same apartment complex as them and she's just this sweet old woman who's like they're good boys what does she say? She's like one of them has a little bit of pro, a little bit of more problems than the other one, or whatever. But man, oh. real respectful. And it's like I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, all gas no breaks has done some really good. And what's interesting to me about that guy is that he does really funny ones. Like he'll go to a sex convention or a furry convention, and it'll be crazy shit. But he did one about um the the conviction or the conviction of um Derek Chauvin, right? Yeah, and he did and like the riots, like and he did yeah. like riot different Minneapolis riots one, and like yeah. you know he he he's really good with the contrast of like he can be serious, but then like he can go to Sturgis and just hear like all these crazy like rednecks be like I ain't getting no goddamn shot, you know? Like, yeah, right, right, <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, that's awesome, dude. Yeah, no, and I I really like the quality of camera that they use too. That lo-fi aesthetic. Well, I want to bring that back more because I think I think digital has its place and and they're you know i like for things to look really good the movie that we're talking about looks great for example but oh, yeah. there's something about like using handheld lo-fi cameras that like creates this separation between reality and documentary that i think is yeah. really important it puts your mind into the frame like i'm now watching you know a documentary my dog just that, busted at the door that was but, uh, one of the biggest uh, contributing factors for uh, the rapper bones's success is all of his yeah. visuals have been shot handicam style you know yeah. and like it creates that aesthetic and like tone that like we've kind of forgotten like a sense of nostalgia you know like you when we're kids like all we had were vhs camcorders you know what i mean yeah. and like right. so like we've gone without it in this digital transition of media to where now everything has to look super perfect and like all this other shit. And like, you know, if we go back to roots, that's kind of, you know, what, what ushers in like these new guys, like all gas, no breaks. I feel like with video is like, they're, they're doing it to be that way because it's, it's organic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> There's a video game that I want to play called cruelty squad that takes that same kind of aesthetic uh, ideal that you're talking about. Cause the whole thing looks amazing, but it looks like lo-fi shitty graphics. Like if you were to take doom or something and, and strip out all the graphics and it just looked like complete shit, cruelty squad works off the concept of what if that was actually the aesthetic, just like yeah. everything looking kind of bright and neon and shitty and everything clips out and, but it becomes a style all of its own. So, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I've noticed that you've had some badass guests on your show. I've Slug Christ and, you know, like that. Oh, when yeah. I, I, that's when I, you know, you know, I like your show and I've been listening to it. But when I saw that, I was like, oh, this dude's making some moves. And Basically the because, story. Like, yeah, right. Not even, right. Not even just it? like the quality of the person, but like just the stories I've gotten out of some legendary yeah. people, you know, like. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just like, you know, if you're a person who is genuine and has passion 
and can here's the most important you met you mentioned adam 22 you can actually hold a conversation like if you listen to no jumper he's just kind of like they're just sort of mumbling at each other the whole yeah. whole episode right? <laughs> and like and then, and then adam 22 will like post like pictures of his dick and you know it's just it's all it's a weird it's a weird vibe <laughs> oh yeah and you know i mean it's it's the platforms are all are all gone you know like I mean, uh, Ham on Everything, like Mask Gorilla, like all the other ones that were doing kind of what I'm doing now, like they've all kind of petered out, you know, like, you know, they, they got the, the, the Bones and the Suicide Boys and like, you know, all that, like all those legends, quote unquote, when they were still youngsters in a sense, but like, what have they done afterwards? You know what I mean? Like now, like they're interviewing, they're just taking money, I feel like, to give someone a platform because they have hundreds of thousands of subscribers you know mm-hmm. and what what do you what are you li- listening to right now what do i like listening to now a variety of things i mean um i it, i can go from like zero to fucking you know ouija mac like on some juggalo shit to like i mean i'll listen to, i grew up with metal so like i'm always breaking out the 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 metal catalog you know it's it's a variety of things i've been going to a lot of noise shows here actually mm-hmm. which are very interesting because like this place where i live is like noted as one of the, like the premium like uh noise experimental music places and like clipping place here and shit so like you know you're like what the hell and like i've really gotten into a lot of different different types of shit you know i, I like mean, the shape culture that's behind noise i like yeah the whole- Here's a tape. I made like 15 of them and then you'll go on like all music and sometimes I'll just go down rabbit holes of trying to find and listen to to noise tapes. Yeah, Bandcamp too is another good spot, you know. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's cool, man. And like it's, you know, it's something I wouldn't have found in Texas anywhere period yeah you know like someone coming in with like a piece of a gutter with like a bunch of different like size chains and materials mounted into it and then like puts mics in it and runs like a through a guitar pedal board and like is just creating this madness and then you've got another guy on stage in the collab set like with like 808s and all kinds of other shit and then you got a guy hitting a beer keg with a baseball bat type shit you know like and it's slipknot style yeah and but it's Mm -hmm. like just this wall of sound you know like for people who haven't encountered it before they're like what the ever-living fuck is this you know (laughs) i think it's one of those you have to experience live too to understand it like if you were to just uh because of i think i was first exposed to like noisy shit in person and i've always wondered like if i just stumbled across this would i get it or would i just be like what the fuck is this bullshit (laughs) yeah dude it's it's strange and you know what i've noticed about the area i live in there's so many different scenes of genres of music but they all pull up to everybody's shows and it's like a very tightly knit like you know very supportive community you know like very welcoming like being an out-of-town or anywhere you go like you know the locals are usually like and like instead they're like hey man like what's up dude like pull up like and you see them everywhere and like it's 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 a rare feeling you know yeah well, it's one of those things where before the internet took all different subcultures and tried to flatten them out and turn everything into a giant monoculture, you had people who actually celebrated difference and their own weirdness, and they it creates these close-knit communities because you're like, hey, you like this weird shit too. That's yeah. awesome. 
instead of like you know people bonding over multi-billion dollar franchise entertainment you know it's like we you like the chains in the gutter music too fuck we're gonna be best you know what i mean like you you link up with people that way exactly yeah Yeah. instead of uh what's what's your opinion of that picture of grimes reading communist manifesto (laughs) i mean grimes is weird i don't know shit about her i just she's weird enough for me to not want to know shit about her you know i'm i'm gonna be honest i love grimes music (laughs) i've never listened to it like i love it man i think it's great and i thought she looked like a dark souls character in that picture that kelby's talking about so (laughs) i was like this is totally she was reading the communist manifesto so big thumbs down on that one but otherwise good I mean, I know that Elon's a weird fucking guy, you know? So, like, <laughs> he's definitely, um, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I don't trust him. <laughs> yeah, I'm just waiting for that tape to drop. Dude, <laughs> dude you know who else is a weird and en- enigmatic, like, character as well that I guess you could kind of relate to Grimes? Have you ever heard of Poppy? Yeah, yeah, Poppy. Poppy was more like, didn't Poppy have Marilyn Manson on one of her albums? She's had all. She's done all kinds of weird shit, but yeah. like she's she has that weird aesthetic too, and like she's like she's like a perfect for the white trash occult shit. Like, I mean, goddamn, like I mean, she's yeah. crazy, and she's ghost dude's boyfriend, so her girlfriend, the same thing, you know. <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah, it's yes, yeah, whatever. Yeah, we, we don't we don't make distinctions. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no, it's, but no, but like Poppy was interesting because Poppy was grown like in a lab. And it yeah. was open from the from the start. Like this is an experiment. She's like a, a weird she's a person, but she's like a weird robot also. Like an you know? Android. You know? Yeah. 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 I yeah, I liked I liked Poppy okay. Poppy didn't have the staying power for Grimes for me. There's some there's just something to it. I mean, she's just she's very musically talented. She's a fucking weirdo. I mean, when they discovered her, she was living in a crack house in, you know, Toronto somewhere. So she's literally somebody who got pulled up from the gutter. And ended up marrying a multi-billionaire. I hope she didn't sign a prenup because <laughs> she just has money for a life now. And, and I love it when when weird people get money, you know, because oh, yeah. they they do interesting things with it. And like their uh, their child's name is like some weird sequence yeah. of numbers. It's like Archangel yeah. or something. Like I don't fucking know. Like, yeah. That kid de- is definitely the Antichrist for sure. I'll, de- I'll definitely look into Grimes then. If if you if you say it's worth looking into, I'll check it out. You know. Yeah. If you if you listen to uh to Art Angels, her her album from I think five or six years ago, that's my favorite one. Um, but her new one's good too. It's just it's it's weird futuristic cyborg music that's very clean, very clean pop music. So kind of the opposite of the noise stuff, but you know, different different strokes for different folks for different times um <laughs> but different strokes for different chefs <laughs> kelby one james and infinity zero <laughs> um, all right so blade of the immortal it, it was takashi miike's 100th film uh, that was that was how it was marketed. The 100th film from Takashi Miike, based on a manga of the same name. There have been some. Uh, I just want to note off top, they made a huge change to the costume of, <laughs> oh, uh, <yeah>. of <laughs> because in the manga 
on the back. It's not just black and white. It is a swastika. Right? <laughs> so they cleaned that up for the movie. I'm not I sure don't know why. why. I don't know why they cleaned <laughs> that Wait, up. Didn't you guys know that the swastika is the like, universal symbol for peace? Okay. Yeah, I'm, just I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. When I was when I was in uh, when I was in high school, there was this kid who'd walk around with a big swastika that he'd paint on his fist with a sharpie. And uh, at some point, we were like, "Bro, what are you doing, man? Like, what is that?" He's like, "It means peace." And I'm like, "We know that," but you know. Then we pointed over to some other kids. It's like they might not know that. Uh, you might be playing with fire. It's like on American History X and all boys like not welcome, you know, it's like, God damn, like that's the, that's the, that's the initial reaction from the jump. I expect from people when they see swastikas in public is like, Oh fuck. Like, yeah. you know, what? <laughs> I, mean, I wonder if so, Antifa is going to pick that up as their new logo. <laughs> <laughs> We're taking it back. We're taking it back, but it just, they just make it go the other way, you know? Yeah. It's just, yeah. Um, or it's always spinning. Yeah, it's just yeah. It's like a whirly gig. Bring, bring back the spinner tims with like the. Uh, you remember those spinner boots? <laughs> yeah, dude. Instead of like a rim, it just has a swastika inside. What about it. what about this? It's a swastika, but it's like the rainbow color for LGBTQ uh, awareness. In inside a, a pair of Doc Martens with red laces. There we go. Yeah, they they'd accept that. <laughs> Paint it rainbow. It makes yeah. it all okay. Exactly. And so I'm almost making me want to make a big picture with a swastika on it and then just put BLM and then just post that. Just confuse the shit out of people. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you open a can of worms for sure. <laughs> I'm ready like, for so, internet suicide. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Let's go. But so Blade of the Immortal, very interesting. Our main character is uh, cursed by a witch with blood worms that allow him to regenerate uh, over and over and over again. He can't be killed. He is, in fact, immortal. And he encounters a young girl whose parents have been murdered by an evil clan of ninjas. This is the type of plot that I love, by the way. It's very straightforward, what's going on here. Uh, And he takes her under his wing, and then the madness begins. And it's basically just a sequence of fights, beginning, by the way, with, for my money, the best opening fight maybe in the history of Dude. movies yeah. ever. Hands but down. I will I will leave it there and y'all can just y'all can take that wherever you want. But Well Infinity, you watched this like five hundred times, so go for it. <laughs> five hundred times? Well, I mean I did watch it like I watched it about five times since you've told me that I was doing this. So that way I would kind of be familiar with what's going on. Um I mean the the intro I thought was fucking very well done with the whole noir like type of, you know, aesthetic to it and like just from the jump, like get it, you know? And the whole movie, like, this poor guy is just getting fucked <laughs> the entire movie. Like, and it's like, damn, how much shit, like, every time he, he goes through some bullshit, you're like, damn, what could happen next? And it's just, nope, here's some more, here's some more. <laughs> like, and right. like, I mean, fuck, the evolution of, like, the relationship between him and the girl, fantastic, you know. Um, lot, lots of curveballs. If you didn't like, if you just go into it and watch it, your your brain is gonna melt. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this was the first uh, Nikkei that I showed Erica. 
and that that was fun that was yeah. wild <laughs> it's well, always fun breaking someone into mike like especially a, like an unsuspecting loved one <laughs> you know <laughs> it's like just from the jump shit's going down like you know? mm-hmm. yeah and i like that when you have a manga that has run for i'm not sure how many issues this the, the comic book ran for but when you have that deep of a well to pull from, you can just keep pulling the weirdest shit out of it. Because, like, right off the bat, kind of the first evil ninja character that he fights is, like, a, a dude who has the girl's mother or, so, or some kind yeah. of illusion on yeah. his back where she thinks that her mom is, is on the back. And he's got, like, these spinning blades and stuff that come up, and he's clearly some kind of burn victim in addition to being a pedophile. So they just kind of throw everything at the wall and they're like, you know, you are in for a gonzo ass movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, then you get the one guy who has like the Dragon Ball Z hair, right? <laughs> Who's like, uh, got like the, the ninja, uh, you know, COVID yeah. mask on. Right. And then he's got, <laughs> he's got like the, the Dragon Ball Z hair, but, um, but yeah, the movie just kind of, uh, it really feels like Mike came off of uh, 13 Assassins and then made this one. So yeah. Have you seen 13 Assassins? I have. Yeah, I okay. Have. So you can kind of see the similarities in the plots, actually, between 13 Assassins and, and Blade of the Immortal, especially with the villain. Because yeah. in both of those movies, there's kind of this uh, sort of, like, uh, sexually ambiguous, effeminate, but, like, really evil and also badass bad guy who uh, just kind of kills mercilessly. So it kind of feels like there's a little bit of a holdover from 13 Assassins going into Blade of the Immortal. But Blade of the Immortal is much more of a cartoon, I think, than oh, yeah. than 13 Assassins was. Yeah, they definitely took the fantasy route with uh, uh, Blade of the Immortal more or less than in the 13 Assassins. You know, that one gave me, like, very classic ninja combat vibes. You know, this one's like, they, they made, like, a fucking hardcore crouching tiger hidden dragon slash, like, hero aesthetic you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah. some go ahead Kelby. sorry no i was just saying that it, it is a great callback to like that era as well of the over the top um because it, it feels very anime but it also uh i didn't think about it until you just said that like it it does remind you of that time in the early 2000s where they had these wild ass japanese like uh samurai ninja you know sword fighting movies that yeah. just threw reality to like out the window and we're just like now nah, we're gonna fly over trees and you know throw a hundred swords in a fight and shit the the age of donnie yin and Jet Li, you know <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah fist of legend has the best ending fight i think maybe in the history of yeah fight. Well, there's that, and there's also the raid. The raid mm-hmm. had some pretty excellent final fights too. Uh, did y'all did y'all see the raid? The raid and the raid two. It, raid no, two. No, I need to. Well, I liked both, but like raid two was just on another level. Yeah, the kitchen fight in that, where it's just one on one. Because in the first movie, he goes up against the bro- the brothers, the one bad guy, the one little midget uh, bad guy who's like he was in John Wick three. He goes up against the the two heroes. But yeah, that kitchen fight in Raid 2 is like crazy. But we're talking about Blade of the Immortal. I got off track. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so so ha- some favorite favorite scenes. Got, y'all got any favorite scenes? 
Favorite scenes, uh, definitely um, the look of oh shit on the villain's face when his girl gets shot after fucking going ape shit and she's getting shot and still going ape shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, definitely uh, the entrance of the bloodworms was a crucial scene for me because that was like, all right, now I'm interested, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> we're in, we're in. But, uh, that opening fight is just I could I could watch that over and over and over again for much different reasons than I'll watch the beginning of Dead or Alive a million times. Like the opening to this movie is just so fucking great. Like it's him in that super high contrast black and white, um, which is a call to the manga, I think, aesthetically, but also like themes of black and white, good and evil, like balanced yin and yang all that shit is like a big theme of it but uh yeah this this just crazy inky hyper real black and white with one versus 200 just going full ham on each other is it's just perfect it's like a perfect samurai movie opening mass sensory overload too you know what I mean? Like, there's so much going on. You're like, oh, fuck, fuck. Like, yep. like you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it kind of it kind of never, never lets up. It's just, you know, this kind of big budget spectacle, you know, where it just yeah. kind of keeps going. I first saw this movie at the Alamo Draft House when it was released there, and I was so hyped to go see it. And then I encountered the one thing that I don't miss about not going to movie theaters now is uh, people talking during the movie. But there are people right in front of me who are talking. And I just like, at the Alamo Draft House, you can tattle on people. You can rat, basically. And I was yeah. like, I'm ratting immediately. So I took out my little card and I was like, these people won't stop talking. And I put my little card up and I got them to have a stern warning from the from the <laughs> usher there. I was like, y'all need to shut the fuck up when I'm watching Mickey movies. Because one time, one time uh, Rios and I went to go see this movie... Uh, what was it called? It was one of the James Wan, the the scary puppet movie, Dead Silence, I think yeah. it's called. Uh, we went to go see Dead Silence in a theater in Orlando, and there were some teens that were sitting kind of around us, and the teens were were just were talking, and and Rios goes like, "Hey, shut the fuck up," and the teens like looked at her for a second, and then they all just started like laughing. They're like, "Ah," but we didn't really care that much because it was Dead Silence. It's like yeah. not a it's not a great movie. But for Blade of the Immortal, I was not going to stand for it. So I, I told the teacher on them. <laughs> Cop calling out here. <laughs> it's, it's not Get off about, my lawn, you little fuckers. You know? It's not about abolishing fascism. It's about knowing when to implement. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's it's calculated. It's all about if, balance. If most people took fucking 30 seconds of their life to think about this one thing, you know, like... It costs zero cents to be a decent fucking person, no matter where you are. And just to, you know, don't run that mouth. Don't be rude. Like, you know, yeah. now if someone fucking starts it, finish it. But like, you know, like don't mm-hmm. reason to go out and just be a fucking obnoxious burden to the public. You know, like, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Those people should be put in camps. 
Right. <laughs> well, don't, don't don't worry when uh when uh when we start when we start seeing the labor camps come up when the government wants their stimmies back, you know. Like, oh yeah, that's what. Dude, I didn't even get my second stimmy. It went to my old address, and I I called the IRS, and they were like, "Well, you have to fill out a form 1065 or whatever, and we'll They're trace like, it and we'll find it." Well, what are you doing, moving in a pandemic? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> Shit, oh. I moved a month after the pandemic started." <laughs> right. <laughs> Like I'm getting the fuck out of Texas. I'm going to, I'm headed for the hills. That's a smart place to be though. When the apocalypse hits, y'all can disappear into the mountains. And oh yes. Nobody, nobody. See, that's why. That's why people have this weird idea because I've seen this online about like, oh, so you have guns, right? Well, how's the gun gonna work against the U.S. government? And I'm like, well, the U.S. government couldn't win in Vietnam, so. I mean, if you if you have a bunch of crazy hillbillies up in the hills of West Virginia and Tennessee with you know assault rifles that I'll shoot guns it. all the fucking time, like it's I'll all about the, proficiency. Yeah, I'll take the hillbillies any day, right? And, like the. And what's wild is like uh, my uh, shift partner in my job. He's a former uh, command sergeant for Delta and retired and like i mean you know he's like yeah dude like this is the place to be dude we're in like a fucking biome surrounded by mountains and there's only one way in and one way out <laughs> you know that's, like, that's in a body he was like, bag <laughs> and he's like the community here it's like because where i live it's like all old retired people you know what i mean yeah. but it's like all like formerly retired like specialist people and like so like here, I'm not really worried about shit, cause like everybody will just fucking handle business, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, no, I uh, I think that uh, I'm trying to figure out how to bring that back to Blade of the Immortal. This is my eternal curse, is that I I digress too much. Kelby, do you have any thoughts? Guns. So Blade of the Immortal. Um. <laughs> that was the shocker when the guns came out. Yeah, when <laughs> when uh, when he brings out the the two Uzis and just starts spraying everybody at the end, I was like, that seems historically inaccurate, but I'll allow it. He's full of blood worms, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like what's the Batmobile run on magic. <laughs> and I meant like the original where uh, they pull out, you know, like little squad as their fucking muskets. You know what I mean? Oh <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Like Gunpowder and. You know, oh right, 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 right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's a big theme. Actually, is this uh, how when guns were introduced, just how it completely changed the playing field when it came to the way the Japanese, you know, waged it, war. Right. It was basically the historical death of the samurai. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like that. I mean, when when the the guns were brought to feudal Japan, like, I mean. <laughs> Sword doesn't beat gun from 200 yards away, <laughs> you know, like, uh, I mean, yeah. that's, and it's, you know, it'd be like if us three went and took fucking assault rifles and went to a fucking, you know, uninhabited fucking island type shit, you know, and ran into indigenous people, it'd be about the same, you know, fairness, I feel like, as long as yeah. we weren't in their jungle, <laughs> you know? Right, right. No, yeah, it would be a kind of thing where it's like you know even me with very little experience with guns just me with like my little 38 or whatever like i would i would probably win if i conserved my ammo and was really careful about it but that's a real shame i think i really think that the invention i mean of course now we have guns it's too late to go back but it's a real shame that they exist because 
it does feel like there would be more meritocracy in society if it actually mattered if you were good at fighting, right? Because fighting yeah. doesn't fighting doesn't matter anymore. All right, you and can have be you ever been in a knife fight. Like, have I been? Have I been in a knife fight now? No, no. Man. You try to avoid that shit because that, that that's pretty scary if it gets to that point. Yeah, I'm actually more terrified of a knife than I am a gun. You want to know why? Because there's a good percentage that the person that's holding that gun, you know, at random has never shot it at a person before and won't, you know? And so like, you know, you've got 30 fucking seconds in my brain. Like if you're going to point that thing at me, you better fucking use it because I'm going to run up on you and fucking punch it out. Like you're not going to be shooting shit if I'm punching you out, you know? Right. Right. But if you have somebody with a knife, they're ready to get intimate. Yeah. You don't want to get too close, you know? Ah, Jesus. Man, it would suck to get stabbed. You ever gotten stabbed, Kelby? I've been cut. Cut. I haven't been stabbed. Yeah, yeah safe I to say like... I haven't had any. I feel like I would be really upset if I got stabbed. <laughs> Dude, I feel like stabbing the thing people don't think about is like, and like it, it ties into the movie is like the points of like attack, whether it's stabbing or slicing, are like super detrimental and like, you know, if you're off by a quarter of an inch, you'll miss. Or if you're off by a quarter of an inch, you'll accidentally kill someone on impact. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, like, we're, we're living in the age where, like, guns, for example, aren't manufactured necessarily to last with quality. But, like, there are still swords that come from Japan that were are four, five, six hundred years old that are still razor sharp. You know what I mean? Like, that to me, like apocalyptic happens guns are going to be cool for a while and then when there's no more ammunition we will go back to the way of the sword you know yeah one of the one of the best shots in blade of the immortal is when he's fighting that other uh immortal guy right Mm -hmm. and he's fighting him and then the the girl comes out and it cuts to like him on the ground and the the guy's like a book and he's got like uh, like a dozen swords like sticking out of him and stuff (laughs) The way that they do uh, kind of the way that Mika is able to express like the kind of physicality of the stabbing, I think, is really good. And that, I think, is mostly sound effects, right? That real that squishy kind of oh, sound effect. Then just like he had the best like uh, Foley team ever, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that guy, like, basically, they just have to, like, cut all of his limbs off and, you know, kind of like tie him to a tree basically it's just like you know you have to stay over the, stay over there right because um i like the way that it's able to kind of up the challenges that he has to face right because now now oh it's like now you've been poisoned like you've had bloodworm poisoning right so now they don't they don't work the way that they're supposed to because yeah. you run the risk in a movie like this when you do have an immortal character of them being overpowered basically and none of the fights actually meaning anything so I thought that they did a good job of being able to slowly kind of up the ante to where like the challenges were actually still like it was actually still scary instead of yeah. just him being able to just run through and like take an arrow through the neck and be like, OK, whatever, I don't care. I'm going to slice you up, whatever. Yeah, the, the gradual over time of decay of the character is what kept it like interesting. You know, what I mean, like how much more has he got in him? Because, in him? you know, you see it like start happening. You're like, oh, shit. He's not growing back, you know? Right, right. That would be a fucking... uh, Go ahead. ahead. 
No, what, to, to have blood worms? <laughs> yeah, to be able to grow back, you know? Just like as a party trick, you can like cut your wiener off and then have it grow back. <laughs> That'd be pretty and cool. there'll be that day that it doesn't. <laughs> and then, then all the rainbow flags start flying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, no, that's not what I was trying to do. <laughs> yeah, man. So bold and brave. You I'm going to stay <laughs> here in front of everybody. Oh, man, dude, it would. I'd be so sad if I accidentally cut my wiener off and it didn't grow back because my blood worms didn't work anymore. But uh, <laughs> yeah, like I feel like Dennis Rodman could use some blood worms. He's only broken his dick four times. He you broke know? his dick four times. Really? Yeah, and it was like doing weird shit. Like he, there's like a thing about it. He talks about it, and the first time he did it, he was with his girlfriend at the time, and he ran across the room and did like a Superman dive to like dive in her and like snapped his dick. And then like, <laughs> yeah, dude, it's like he's talking about it, and like he was like, yeah, dude, there's a I'm picture gonna... of it. Yeah, and he was like, it's the worst experience you can ever have, and I've experienced it four times. <laughs> like, <laughs> I wonder if that was Carmen Electra. Well, some I mean, if you got if you got Carmen Electra waiting, I understand that, dude. I understand. You want you want to do a Superman. <laughs> it was like Pamela Anderson or somebody too. Like, who knows? Like it was it wasn't Carmen because but it was like someone on that that scale of you know, right. I guess I could fucking take a leap of faith so to speak <laughs> i wonder like what he was thinking like how he was thinking that was actually going to work you know he's like it'll be the deepest i've ever gone <laughs> <laughs> he's like pretends he's michael jordan like going up for the dunk <laughs> <laughs> it would be really funny to see the michael jordan silhouette but there's like a big boner attached to it that's crooked <laughs> it's it's like that space jam scene except it's not his arm that's stretching right. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great so this oh, is why man. they should they should have hired you to write space jam too that would have been yeah. a good, good addition yeah definitely that was dog shit dude thank god somebody said it was dog shit <laughs> everybody's like yeah man it reminds me of being a kid i was like dude this is the like worst <laughs> like <laughs> i didn't even make it to like i made it through about halfway through and i was like dude i can't even this is disrespectful you know mm. <laughs> i made it to when they said it uh this is a virtual reality program and i was like no nah, nope <laughs> oh they don't... made it like the matrix yeah oh that sucks yeah it's we don't need that pretty gay dude <laughs> like, yeah, it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be tune world man it's not it's not supposed to be like the matrix exactly you fall down a golf hole and you end up in bugs bunny land and you're playing run away from that fat dude from jurassic park you know that's right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of going back to childhood um, what y'all think of the uh, sort of adoptive guardian uh, child uh, lone wolf and cub kind of dynamic in this one? I mean, it's always a, always a good one, you know, if it's done right and they did do it right. You know, I've seen where the adopted guardian child thing just fell to shit on a lot of movies. So it always works a lot better, you know, after everything is different after you have a kid. Right. And so anything with children all of a sudden becomes the stakes get raised up really, really high. And so, you know, when I first watched this movie, obviously, 
I didn't have a kid. And, you know, it's it's interesting because, you know, you watch movies and they'll put a kid in it and they'll be like, I, I just I don't get it. You know, like who 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 cares? You know what I mean? Like the the OK, so this kid wants revenge. You just like tell the kid, like, shut up, go to school, like just suck it up. Maybe when you grow up like that little girl from Kill Bill. You can go after you can go after the bad guys, but like right now, no. But like when you watch uh, when you watch the movie again and you have a kid, you're like, oh, she needs revenge. Yesterday, she's gotta she's gotta get these fools, right? They they killed her they killed her parents, and then the yeah. creepy guy wants to like marry her and shit, and it's just like, oh man, I remember when I first watched this movie, how awkward I felt with that one scene with uh, what's his name Meiji Meiji Meiji. How do you pronounce the immortal guys? I always just call him the immortal. Yeah. Uh, Manji. 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 Yeah. Manji. Yeah. Um, but like whenever the the little girl comes and is asking him for help, and he goes like, "How serious are you?" And he's like implying some like weird shit, and she's like, "Gonna go for it." And then he's like, "Just just stop." But it's like the thing is, is that since it's a Miike film. You know, Kelby and I have talked about this on on Agitator before. You actually mm-hmm. don't know where he's gonna go with his movies because he's gone to just some like really fucked up places in the past. Oh yeah. Like I was watching that in the theater with my wife, and I was just like, "Please don't let this go any weirder than it is right now." Like, but I feel like he let that uncomfortable feeling last just long enough, and then he kind of pulled it back. Um, and like rain, reined it in with like, all right, so you're serious enough to want this, like kind of yeah. a connotation afterward, you know? Right. right. I'm like that right. didn't happen when I was watching it. I was like, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Please, no. I want to be able to root for this guy, but it also kind of shows you, you know, how life was back then. You know, I mean, shit was rough out there. You know, and if you were a, you were an orphan, you better hope that you find a an immortal samurai to protect you because uh otherwise life is about to get really rough really quickly but uh yeah and that that also actually it's great that that scene is in there because um it sets the stakes really high for like against the um the child so you root Mm -hmm. for her even harder because you can't even fully trust who she's with Mm -hmm. and who you're like supposed to be rooting for like you can't even fully trust him when it comes to her safety mm-hmm. and uh it also sets the tone for their dynamic to be less of that like okay you know the like father daughter type role it's like eh, a good father would never propose that or even like right. even tease that so mm-hmm. it it makes it more complicated and more interesting and more terrifying <laughs> watching it yeah i liked the uh i liked the recurring joke too of her being really bad at throwing knives i thought that oh, was yeah. <laughs> just every time she throws it it like goes into his ass he'd be like god damn it like stop stop helping <laughs> no that's that's the the nature of it man and like you know it did kind of like and not necessarily the father daughter brother sister type aspect of things but like it's just like you're like damn so now i'm invested in these two characters and like i just kind of hope they make it out you know <laughs> like because yeah. it's yeah. fucking the movie for those of you who haven't watched it you know that are going to listen to this and go check it out like it's just nothing but surprises you know yeah, like, yeah. 
Well, one of the hardest things to do, I think, in a movie like this is to actually make you wonder if, like, what's going to happen to the characters, you know? Because we've seen so many movies at this point. How many movies do you think you've watched in your life? Ballpark. I can bring that up right now because I'm on Not on your letterbox. Not on your letterbox. I mean, in your life, like, when you were a little, little kid, like, little kid all the way up through now. I have thirty four years I've been, thirty four years adding, of, of movie watching. I've been adding them. I've watched three thousand eight hundred and twenty four movies. In I your would life, dem- either? Yeah, I'd probably say about two thousand would be pretty accurate. Like I watch really? a fuck ton of shit. Yeah. You, well, see, see, to me that seems low. That seems low because like there's three six three hundred sixty five days in the no. <laughs> I guess you're right. I mean, if we're talking like reasonable working man, you know, like I work my nine to five, I come home and watch, say, watch two movies a night, you know, like, and then take days off, not counting travel, you know. Well, okay. So anyway, point is we've seen a bunch of movies (laughs) and you, uh, you get to a point where you, you're just like, I know what's going to happen. And, uh, Miike is one of the masters at making you like, not sure exactly what's going to happen right but uh i don't know any final thoughts what what how many stars would y'all give this one uh on a scale of five stars i'd say four four stars what would you say kelby i'd give it five it might it's definitely top five samurai movie for me oh you know what i fucked up our rating system we do out of 10 what would you give it out of 10 uh i'd give it a nine to nine nothing's perfect Right. What would you give it out of six? God damn. <laughs> <laughs> you know the answer to that. <laughs> Welcome to Agitator, the most, the most annoying podcast to be a guest on ever. No, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, it's the perfect name because, you know, we just agitate whoever, whoever we feel like. Everybody. Agitate and instigate. I mean, like, I'm, get that. I'm usually an autistically hostile person, so <laughs> like, I feel like I fit right in. You know? There we go. Yep. The third third mic on the Agitator podcast. You've already got, you know, you're already doing 100,000 podcasts a year, so. <laughs> I wish. It's like I'm just, no, your I'm output, the- though, is really, your output is really admirable, man. I really, I really like how many, because I really, I just feel like that's the way to do it. I think everybody's attention span is so short and And like for for me was learning like damn like an hour is a really long time you know and like me and kelby have done some multiple hours you know and like but there's a time and a place for that and like you know like we said like the attention span of people nowadays is measured on a micrometer you know so like you want to like fill in like you want to find the balance of what's long enough for the audience, but also what is respectful enough of whoever you're talking to's time as well. You know what I mean? And like to gauge it is the key. And like, you know, I've, I've kind of found a good format, which makes it easier to, to, to produce. Cause if I was doing an hour and a half, two hours for every person, Holy shit, I'd be so burnt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know? How much, how much research do you do before you interview people? Um, surprisingly, like if I interview someone, it's because I'm ready to, you know what I mean? Like I have like a good, like working knowledge of everything they've done. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, I call it, uh, inter- uh, internet omnipotence in the sense of like, you know, I I'm constantly scanning and hoarding fucking information. So like, I don't use notes. Like when I talk to people, 
Like, mm-hmm. just go into it. And, like, that's, I think that's what evokes the better, you know, the the better quality in, in an interview is, like, when you can look into your camera and maintain eye contact and you don't see me just, like, doing this the entire time. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and, like, I mean, I won't interview someone unless I'm prepared to. That's the key. So, right. like, and, like, I you look know- for I'm an Easter egg hunter too. Like I'm trying to talk about shit. No one else thinks to talk of with people. You right. Know? Like, uh, like Nardwar. Yeah. Ex- yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, it just now came to, I was trying to think of where it looks like you are right now. You look like you're in the opening sequence of belly. Of belly. What is that? Yeah. The movie, the movie belly. No, I've never you seen it with, you never seen with DMX and Nas. You never seen belly. No, dude. Oh, wow. Right, so there's my homework. Dude. That's your homework, dude. It's Hype Williams directed Belly. It's a classic, dude. Yo, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, you know what I'm talking about, Kelby, right? Oh yeah. It looks like you're yeah. ready to start hearing like, however do you want me? However do you, <laughs> however do you need me? Uh-huh. Yeah. And those fucking like glowing eyes. Yeah. It's like yeah. My fucking white trash occult studio is basically what I call it. It's just nothing but tapestries of weird esoteric shit and like oh, weird cool. lights. Yeah, it's like my sleeve. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. full of like fucking symbols and shit so <laughs> what kind of stuff you got on your walls i'm curious uh well if uh we're looking that way i've got uh big like very colorful tapestries of shiva and thoth uh, i've got the philosopher's stone um the uh, sigils of the archangels in accordance to elements uh the hermit from the tarot done as a reaper um i've got the eyes of Horus. I've got all kinds of shit, man. Like the alchemical symbol, like table. Like it's pretty, pretty dope. I didn't know you got deep like that. That's I'm awesome. Big deep, dude. <laughs> awesome. We do. We need to bring world or white trash occultism back and have you on as a guest for that. Then. Oh yeah. Talk dude. about some, so when some esoteric symbols. When y'all started that, I was like, damn, this is up my fucking alley because the y'all's breakdown, especially with the Jay-Z stuff, like I was like, somebody's finally talking about it the right way. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not just you know, oh, this is some cool shit. Or like, damn, he's the Illuminati. Cool. Like just yeah. that's the most cop out fucking answer you can give in that scenario. It's like, nah, dude, right. he's definitely uh He's definitely traded some power. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, most definitely. And now, now, you know what's so funny about people who decide to sell their souls is that it's never as cool as you think it's going to be. Like you read biographies of people like Aleister Crowley. He was a mountain climber. Mm-hmm. He was doing, you know, he was doing the, the headless right in the pyramids at Giza. He was doing all kinds of like this crazy cool shit. And like you'll see Jay-Z at like a fundraiser with Barack Obama. And like that's that's what he traded his soul for, right? Or look at look at Kanye. Yeah, yeah. He's fucking out of control. Like and like ever since he like made that move, you can just see like it. It's like proof of the decline in people's lives it it causes over time. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like nothing nothing that good lasts forever. You know. What did you think of Donda? I made it through the first three songs and turned it off. Really, really. Yeah because it was so poorly mixed and engineered like mm. goddamn, dude I, you're one of the wealthiest fucking producers in the game and you fucking used a chaotica eyeball in a jail cell basically like mm-hmm. and like that's the best you got man like are you that broke like you know mm. like <laughs> did your he's listening a, he's a billionaire yeah he's yeah got, he's got like, money. yeah like yeah. i mean it, 
that's one of the things. And like, I get it. Like he's one of those people that he's at the point now where he can just do whatever he wants, like, because he's rich enough that he doesn't have to rely on music, like to make money. You know what I mean? But so, but that's not a fucking excuse. You know what I mean? Like people, I know Mm -hmm. a guy who went to three listening parties in Atlanta and like paid money to get there. And like, you know, like all that shit. And like, I was like, dude, how would you, how could you tolerate this shit in the fucking goddamn stadium? You know? Right. Yeah. I know the, I know the guy who runs the watch the throne, uh, Kanye fan account on Twitter. And yeah. he did he did that shit too. Yeah, he got his tickets and he flew out and you know did the whole listening party thing. Uh, I was just yeah, it was uh, it was really interesting. It's one of those. It's really interesting that he has turned the the birth of an album into this constant like flux thing. Because you know normally you have a drop date. He's the, the ultimate gaslighter, dude. Yeah. Yeah, the drop date happens and then the album comes out. But him, it's like the drop date happens and nothing happens. And then eventually the album comes out, but it's unfinished. And he's constantly tweaking it. And it's just interesting to me. It's like it's kind of almost this performance art at a certain point. But I thought I thought Donda, I didn't dislike it as much as you. I thought Donda had some songs on it. And I kind of like, I vibed with some of the, the rougher production styles. But I just think it was like, it was way too long. There's like there's a couple yeah. of songs in there yeah. like uh, Jesus Lord is one of my favorite Kanye songs and it's you know Jesus Lord Part Two is like the last song on the album has an incredible verse from the baby on it uh, which is a phrase I never thought that I would say because I'm oh, old and, and I don't even know hear. and I and I and I don't I don't know who this person is but I just like heard it I was like damn that's fucking good and it's got you know Marilyn Manson yelling in the back of it or whatever but. Uh, but yeah, it's just like it's just way too long. Like there should have been it's one of those things there's like why would you come out with a 2-hour album when you could have come out with like three focused you know, short Ten tracks, albums. yeah, and call it good. Uh-huh. Yeah, but yeah. I yeah, I had a lot of complicated feelings with that one too cuz I mainly the it he's interesting as a person, which is one thing. I guess, you know, the whole performance art of Kanye as a person is like is interesting but having been a fan of his music when it does come to the music i'm like okay can you cut it out because like i really do want the music like i want the it's a heartbreak kanye you know i want the i want the 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 when he was still about the music now he's just more about the character you know mm-hmm. although that outfit that he had on with all the spikes coming off of it that was tight Fucking that was hot. dope yeah. That was legit. <laughs> the drip is legit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he's in that. He's in that uh, at the at the stadium. He's got the little cell, like the little monk cell, where he's like, "I'm finishing the album," but he didn't. You know? Yeah. He didn't. I thought That's... it would have been cool if he just released it when, like, and the whole idea of having Jay Z come in and record a verse like last minute. That's all fine, but then you just have to release it. That's our philosophy on Agitator: is that you know we have some messy episodes, and then we just like we're just like. Put them out, you know. This one will yeah. be normal, but apparently the one that we recorded before this, uh, our guest had like his echo effect on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, shout out Grant. He had his <laughs> echo on. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then, 
my my end was just garbage it sounds like i'm but it was cool because i was on the road and it sounds like i'm calling like over a speakerphone or something so <laughs> it's like it's like you're a guest on art bell or something like that on coast to coast you're like calling in there's chupacabras <laughs> there's chupacabras in the woods that kind of thing but all right well we've done an hour and six minutes infinity thank you for your time Absolutely. This podcast is called Infinite Conversations, and it's very much worth listening to. Agitator listeners, just add that to your podcast queue. There will yeah. be a new one that will drop. There will probably be three or four in the time that it, But no, you're taking a break, right? You're about to... No, I'm, I'm still going. What you talking about? <laughs> no, you said... No, no, no. You said on uh, Instagram, right, that you're getting ready for 2022? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I'm just uh, stocking up, finishing out the month, and then I'm going to take November and December off. I think I earned it. You know, and I got I got some things to work on, you know, um, really uh, diversifying the content through IC is going to be the the key. You know, it's you know, the pod will always remain. But like as a brand itself, you know, definitely want to do a lot of in the field, like talking to people, interviews, you know, like things like that, like kind of spice it up a little bit, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I've been thinking about that, too, because Kelby and I record this on our on this little Tascam normally. Yeah. Right. And I was thinking, like, I live next to a bus station, and there's a bunch of, you know, transient people with backpacks who come through who have, like, you know, meth tragedies and stuff. Yeah. And I would just – it would be fun to kind of get them on, too, and just be like, hey, what, like, what's your what's your story, you know? Like, how did you, how did you get here? Why are you here? <laughs> yeah, or just, like, just the classic, just like, so, uh, what are you thinking about today? And that yeah. usually opens up the fucking can of worms, you know, like yeah. for <laughs> it just interrupt them in the middle of like the most interesting content we've ever gotten on air. And to just be like, so what do you think of audition? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, it's a it's a it's a wild world, you know, of things that we all can do. You know, I mean, uh, there's plenty of, of projects in the works and things of that nature. I mean, I've got a, a bodybuilder coming to my show. Uh, that'll be the episode okay. I drop very soon. Uh, she's someone I went to high school with, and she's like a two-time uh, uh, first placer for uh, the uh, GBO Beach Body Competition. And uh, her perspective on shit is very interesting, you know? so Yeah, absolutely. Bodybuilders are really interesting people because they know their bodies so well because of what they do. Uh, I think I feel like during this whole health crisis that we've had over the past few years, we should have just listened to people who are in really good shape and like what they thought about it and what they should do. But instead, we're like listening to doctors who look like the hunchback of Notre Dame. Right. And they're, they're like, you have to you have to make sure that you stay inside. Meanwhile, bodybuilders are like eat eggs and take vitamin C. I don't know, like just be smart. But yeah, uh, yeah, um, I think that in a world where you know again where there's this big monoculture and everybody's on facebook and twitter and instagram and things like that what you end up with is a lot of people who are trying to emulate the things that they see the big the big people do and so it warms my heart uh to see you actually embracing the diy indie aesthetic of the whole thing and being like i'm not those people right like i'm not oh yeah you know, I'm not a big, I'm not like, I'm not working for CNN or whatever, you know, like I'm a, I'm a dude with an interesting perspective and the gift of gab. And I'm going to go out, I'm going to actually just like talk to real people because dude, there's a, there's a hole in the market right now. Yeah. And, and I was telling Kelby recently in a conversation we had, you know, it's like my biggest thing is 
you know, we, I feel like the fans of people tend to over romanticize who people are in their head, you know? And like, also like it's for the artists, you know, it's, it's a way to remind everyone that we're all just people, you know, mm-hmm. like why, like why go into the job interview aspect, you know, and like, be like, who? Oh, so who are you and where are you from? Like, it's like, nah, dude, like just talk to them. That's all they want, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And the age of emulation is at hand. You know, there's plenty of people out here doing the same, trying to do the same shit we're doing, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah. Plenty of ops reaching for that sauce. <laughs> they can't get no sauce for me. <laughs> it's, it's too spicy for them. It's okay. They, they can come up with their generic versions. That's fine. Yeah. No, I mean, and it's, it's, I mean, it's like, dude, like, technology like you can find the answers to do anything your own way like the emulation thing is just annoying as fuck you know like mm-hmm. so that's why i try to be different you know like this ain't nobody can get what i get you know like, <laughs> so that's cool yeah dude I appreciate you guys uh, having me uh, join you. Uh, it's not often I'm on the other side of the the spectrum on this. Yeah, you have a good. You had a good time. Had a good time here. On oh, the- absolutely. Excellent, absolutely. dude. All right, cool. Well, thanks again, and uh, I'm sure we'll have you back for another movie, and uh, we'll talk more shit. Yeah, right, anytime. Until that time. Until that time. Thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to yep. you soon. Most definitely. Oh yeah. Be easy. Yep.